That was the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> during the 30 second countdown, I can see everybody's cameras, but they can't see anything else. So I put on the 30 second countdown and I see Dan bolt out of his chair, run upstairs. And I'm like, well, I guess Dan will be back sometime. <laughs> I, okay. So the story is like, so there's, there's lots of things going on tonight. And so I've got to get, and, and Jen's in conferences. Yeah. She's a teacher. And so I'm making dinner. Well, it was sitting upstairs and I hadn't thought about it much. And then I'm sitting here kind of, you know, getting in the zone and I can hear it start popping. And I'm like, I can't wait. I've got 30 seconds. I've got to go get the food off of the the stove uh, and back down here. So I took off running and then the dog started barking and yeah, it was an exciting 30 seconds. It was a really delight for me to watch on the camera. I was like, Oh, this is live people. This is live. Uh, anyway, today we are super excited because our guest is the artistic director of the Empress theater out in Magna. Uh, it's Ty Whiting. He is, uh, he's responsible. You can check out his whole bio. Uh, I'll also post it in the, in the comments of this, but like he's responsible for the conceiving and developing and the implementing of the artistic vision of the theater out in Magna. And it is, I will say this, Dan Tate, uh, the Empress has one of the, my most favorite theater setups in the world. Ooh, I know, I know, I know, because I love the way they've set it up there. And how it's like this cool, intimate space that's like, oh, wow. Sorry, a whole bunch of comments just came through. So anyway, I'm super excited to talk to Ty and learn all about the Empress and Ty. So I can see okay. him in the camera too. And he's he is sort of smiling, but not. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the full smile. All right. Are you ready, Dan? Are you ready? I am. And, and right. to be fair, in Ty's defense, it's a little bit weird when people are talking like good things and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to react to yeah. Yes, that's right. That's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> All right, here's <laughs> here's Ty, everybody. Here's Ty. Hi, Ty. Hi. Ty. Oh, Ty. Okay, let's just jump right in, Ty, because I know that your background is in technical theater, right? Yeah, I started like costuming, like that kind of track, and then we have a history at the Empress of once you're willing to volunteer, you just kind of get changed to the radiator and. You stay there forever. Mm -hmm. I, we understand that, don't we, Dan? We understand mm -hmm. that. For sure. <laughs> Just a little so, bit. Tell us about you, Ty. Like, tell us about where you went to school, your background. Tell us everything we need to know. Oh, I don't think you have enough time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am currently in school to finish a communications degree at Southern Utah University, obviously online. I'm not a time turner person. Uh, oh, what else do you need to know? Theater is my life. I have a day job like most everyone else in a community theater setting. I work for a school in Granite School District. I'm their office manager. I hand out ice packs and band-aids and call moms when kids have accidents. It's a charmed life, really. I really do love my day job. Um, as far as like theater goes, I plan the season and I, I pick our shows and I set the calendar. I take out the trash when I'm there. I scrub the toilets if they need to be done when I'm there. Like it's, 
the Empress is really kind of an all hands on deck sort of situation. But as far as like me, I'm really an open book. I, I don't, I make friends easily. I believe in honesty above pretty much all else. And I just think that people should show up and do the thing that they're supposed to do. So I'm pretty easygoing. I don't, I don't, I do really well with specific questions. <laughs> that was a good answer. Uh, so how, how did your journey to artistic director happen at the Empress? Ooh, that's, this is a fun story. So I actually had started as like a little costume grunt person in 2007 when they were doing the mystery of Edwin Drood for the first time. And I very fondly remember like whip stitching zippers into costumes while actresses were wearing them because community theater, we literally sew people into costumes. I took a little break and focused on like high school is when that was happening at the time. Oh no, is that Sound of Music? Yeah, those are, those are happening tonight. So get on your phone, head over, prepare all that stuff. Um, anyway, <coughs> sorry. We kind of, I kind of took a break and then in 2016, I got a phone call from a long lost friend, kind of acquaintance that said, we need men to do Joseph, which is like the rallying call for community theater, right? We need men, we need men. And I had done the show plenty of times before. I knew all the music. So it was really just simple to step in. And at that point in my life, I was kind of in a slum and, and just not, having anything to do so i just said yes on the spot and literally i said yes got off the phone and drove down there was in the show that's where i met um sarah bringhurst who's my assistant artistic director and we just clicked like right away we just clicked i did a few more shows they hired me as the costumer like the resident person i cleaned out we used to have this awful storage unit next door that was just packed full of garbage clean that out got things where we could oh i don't know know what we had and then from there i was hired as the assistant artistic director when that position very first started under lindy davis oh i think it's davis now malay lindy malay it's lindy malay now and um then she left and my really really dear friend amy bodily was hired as the artistic director and i stayed as the assistant artistic director learned from her learned from her and then she left and the way that our our board bylaws and succession procedures start is that whoever is the assistant becomes the artistic director unless they don't want that job and so now sarah will eventually be the artistic director when we get to that point but that's kind of how it happened there i, I 2016, 2017, and 2018, I costumed every single show wow. by myself from scratch. Like it was, it was a lot. And so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I try really, really hard to give my customers at the theater as much support as they can. So I'm from a technical perspective, I'm, I'm not as um, involved as I have been. I, I started out doing a show and then, helping with like the the production side so directing and stuff like that but mm -hmm. i've just started looking at technical things and if to support your opinion the uh, um the costumers work magic it's incredible yes. and it's the it's definitely if not the hardest one of the hardest things to do um yeah. so 
hats off to anybody who, who does that because I won't. <laughs> I don't do it so much anymore, but. I'd like to know, Ty, I have a question. I <laughs> okay. want to know what it was like taking over uh, artistic directorship of a place that has been around for a very long time. I mean, 106 years, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like a long time. Yeah, I, my math's not so great. And there's a little bit of discrepancy in, in when the theater actually opened. We've narrowed it down to it's either 1916 or 1917. Record keeping back then just really wasn't um, what it was now. So I think the, the scuttlebutt is that the theater was built in 1916 and opened as the burlesque house in 1917. And, you know, I feel an incredible amount of pride being even just infinitesimally you know responsible for any part of that place's history we often say with the with the owners that we have like every decision we try to make together so that we can ensure that it's there for at least another hundred years if not more and that maybe for some people is like a huge ridiculous goal and like people roll their eyes all the time but i really do think that the trajectory that we're on and the decisions that we're making and, and kind of the improvements that we're hopeful that we'll be making soon are are putting it in that trajectory of you know this is going to be around for a long time it's it's the only building west of the mississippi until los angeles where you can find bow arts architecture like it really is a little hidden jewel in the West. And it's not that far. Madden is only 15 minutes from Salt Lake. Like you can get on the 201. You'll be okay, I promise. We have lights. Your cars will be fine. It'll be fine. You won't fall off the edge of the earth. Right. You don't have to go as far as Tooele, so you're good. <laughs> right? What's been the hardest thing for you as you've been the artistic director? Like, what's what challenged you the most, do you think? Um, I think the job itself is relatively even keel, right? Like picking the shows is really easy. Sometimes you get some feedback and hurt feelings when you don't pick someone's, you know, request of let's do Hamilton. And you, you just can't explain how that works for people. You, you guys know, like anything that's currently on Broadway, you can't license. You can't even ask to license. They hang up on you. <laughs> so that's been kind of difficult but i would say the hardest thing was i took over right as covid was kind of happening i took over in november of 2019 and we kind of just was it 2019 i don't know it all blurs together but i took over maybe three months before covid officially hit the us and then we had to shut the theater for 14 months and trying to figure out how to still run our youth program so that the kids don't miss out on something and still try to do theater over the internet and all sorts of stuff that was hard and then when we reopened getting back into it i, I had found different ways to fill my time and letting go of those things that i had forgotten brought me so much joy it was really really difficult i struggled for maybe the first six or seven months after we reopened and I mean, even today, sometimes I still struggle with, oh, I don't really want to go down there today. I love the place and I love the people more than probably much, much else in my life, but sometimes it's just hard. How how do you find a balance then? Like, what are you doing to, to figure out the balance in that? Ooh, um, on the advice of counsel against self-improvement, no, just kidding. <laughs> I, 
I struggle with finding a balance. I, I won't lie to you, it's, it's difficult. Theater sometimes I think in this sort of setting is all consuming. It's not really your job. Most of us do it for free. Um, or if we do get paid, it's like pennies on the dollar. And so you, you just, you throw your passion into it because it, it's your passion project. It's, that's how you get pay, paid is, is the end result and seeing the people clap for your people and be excited about the dress that, you know, they rip right here and it turns into this beautiful ball gown or things like that. But I don't really, I don't really have that balance. I, I still am trying to find it. My, and right now it's way easier to say that I don't have a balance. Like the thing that I really, really love me in a nutshell outside of theater is I love to grow flowers. I, I'm a gardener at the, at the end of the day, I'm a gardener. I, I love that process. I love to be able to clip up a flower, put it in a vase and just have fresh flowers all the time that's not conducive to running a theater, especially during flower growing season. I, I either have to tend to my people or tend to my plants and the plants go away because the people are more important in my brain. Hi, so, Andrea. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious about the, 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 your statement of tend my people or tend my garden um, peaked something in my brain. Like, so what does it, what, is there a sense of, I mean, obviously they're very different things, but is there a, mm -hmm. a, a similar sense of fulfillment? Because um, you mentioned your, your youth programs and things like that. Is there a, I mean, is there is there a parallel to growing a garden in theater? Oh, absolutely. Recently, I've figured out that um, many of the people in the, maybe the last five or six shows that we've done at the Empress, I've started seeing people like, I'm growing the community that I want to be a part of. One of the things that, and I don't know how many of the people watching or, or anything have seen the Empress Facebook page, but one of the things we started today was we're shouting out all the local community theaters. And this truly is not coming from a, we're shouting you out, so shout us out. I don't really care. But the community that I want to be a part of and grow, if we're going to stay on that analogy, is we're all, we're, we're all, picking out of the same pot, if you will. Like, we all want people to come and see us. We all want to see our shows. All of the shows are really good. So if I can spend some time saying, hey, go see Beauty and the Beast at West Valley and go see this at Lehigh Arts and go see this at American Fort. Like, that's just what's important to me is fostering the community for us. I think that sometimes we get into this, this cyclical, like, oh, I can't go to this theater because I've only done shows here. So I'm going to stop doing, it shouldn't be like that. Like it, in my eyes, I tell every single cast member, every single strike, if the lights are on and the door is open, it's your home, you're welcome. If it's not, call me, I'll come open the door for you. Like that's the community I wanna be a part of is that we're truly treating everyone like our family. And, and for me, not that that's not there already, but for me, it's, if I want that community, I have to help, I have to help grow it. And so that's what we're doing. That's one of our focuses this year is to just foster that. I love that, Ty. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think one of the things and, and, and one of the things that we value most here at OPA is there's no reason to pretend that we're on an island. Like we're all together, really? we're all building the same things and we become stronger together. And that's really the truth of this whole story is if 
the Empress is strong and, and has amazing shows, then it strengthens the people that come do shows here too. Exactly. So and there's plenty of us all to go around. And so I, it, I hope that over, you know, as, as the, the change continues to happen, more people join in this because we should never feel like we're alone in the community theater world ever, because that we're doing it because we want to be together, not because we want to be separate. Right. The whole, the whole purpose of telling the stories that we tell is when you really look at every single musical or play, it's inclusion, it's family, it's, it's community, it's, it's coming together to overcome. And, and we don't do that. We tell those stories and we want people to believe that we tell those stories and that we feel that. And then the next day it's show's gone and all right, I'm leaving the Facebook chat and I'm leaving this and we're closing your group down. No, leave it open. Let people have their things. Agreed. What what do you see as the so? Well, I'm just gonna ask it straight out. Let's talk about the earthquake. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, okay. I I know that this was. I think the earthquake was not long after you had taken over as the artistic director, if I'm not no. mistaken. And and I'd like to know how it affected you yourself and also the community at the Empress because. If people don't know, there was a pretty bad earthquake that affected Magna quite bad, and your building being, you know, built back in nineteen early nineteen hundred. Oh, oh. Kitty. we welcome animals of all kinds. It's totally fine. Yeah, well, he loves the spotlight. So, <laughs> but this, so this earthquake hit, and it really affected your building. And I'd like to know what it what you went through yourself, and what your community went through to get yourself back open. Okay, so this is maybe, this isn't really an overshare, but this is, again, I'm an open book. I don't, I believe in honesty. So day of the earthquake happens, I was like getting up for work and the earthquake hit. And I had my hands on like cupboards trying to keep stuff from falling. And then when it was done, my immediate thought was I need to go to the Empress because it's a 105 year old building. Hopefully it's not in rebels, like, or hopefully it's not in like shambles and rubble and all of that. So I get there and I was inside the building for an aftershock, which was not fun. And then the fire department was like, you have to leave. We didn't tell you to come in here, which was also not fun. Big hulking strong men being like, get out is just not great. And so you get there and you, you see like the side of your building is collapsed. And luckily in 2006, the people that were responsible for getting it back up to code had put in seismic um i don't even know what the word is but like seismic protection in the in the side where the parking lot is and that saved it if that wouldn't have been there the structural engineer had said if if that upgrade had not been made the whole wall would have fallen and like the the theater would have been done which is just so sad that it's so close to that happening at any given time where you don't have that stuff um the earthquake is actually what kicked off the drive to purchase the building from the Ware family. And so the Ware family came in, they did a walkthrough with some of our board members and just kind of were like, you know, we're not going to put up the cost to that. Eileen at the time was probably 98 or 99 years old. She clearly doesn't have the means to fork over $75,000 to repair a historic building. And the historicness of it is that you have to repair it a certain way and use certain 
different, you know, companies and mortar and they don't make the brick anymore. And there's just a whole, I, I didn't even know how involved that was. So um, one of our board members created a coalition of people and she raised the money to purchase the building in probably a week. I, Sarah's in the chat, maybe she'll, she'll correct me, but I, I think probably pretty close to a week, maybe two weeks, and then they kicked the ball rolling and they formed this LLC. They fixed the side of the building and the, it's really incredible how it's six degrees of separation for like historic buildings, right? The wall that needed to be repaired on our building, the company that did it actually repaired the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. And now we're one degree of separation away from that. So in my brain, we're just as historic as the U.S. Capitol. I, I vote yes on that. <laughs> Logic makes sense. Right, right. Have so, you noticed a change in your community after that? Like, have you noticed it, that it changed absolutely. you guys or the Empress in general? Absolutely. I would say pre-earthquake, we didn't really turn down help, but we were less kind of vocal about what we needed help with. Yeah. It was always kind of that like, hey, don't donations are always helpful. Money is always helpful. Even today, money is always helpful. But after the earthquake, we had a few of our previous actors and, you know, after this had happened, they're still actors come in and they said, Hey, we're going to redo the cast bathroom. And we were just kind of like, okay, here you go. You can do whatever you need to do and we'll just let it happen. And they did it and it's beautiful. And we've had an influx of people who want to build sets now and do costumes and and just be part of it. And I, for one, I love all the new blood. I know that probably we get a little bit nervous in this industry thinking about, let's hire the people we know will deliver the product that we want to sell, but new blood. New blood is just where it's at. That's how you get new ideas. That's how you get fresh ideas. That's how you get, you know, really exciting, interesting things happening on your stage. You know, to me, that's a that's a really beautiful thing about theater. You know, I've um, just when <coughs> excuse me, when Brandon was putting your previous seasons and stuff up, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Into the Woods. And I saw that recently in your season, maybe last year or something like that. But yeah. you bring in new people with new ideas and it changes. It helps things evolve and grow. Um, and I've, I've seen it multiple times and each time it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like everyone always says, let's never do Joseph again, but Joseph is one of those shows that you can kind of say, you know, let's set it in the future. Let's set it in 1980. Like you can play with those kinds of things because people are so comfortable with that, that then you can bring in the new blood. And it tells the people who are saying, let's never do Joseph again, that they can come back and kind of be excited about that. And that's, that's really kind of why I, I don't know if you showed the, what my season for this year is my 2023 season, 2022. Ooh, I'm, I promise I won't give away secrets for next year, <laughs> <laughs> but this year is designed to do exactly that. Bring it there. There are some repeats and some new stuff like Legally Blonde. You guys are you guys are gearing up for Legally Blonde. We don't have Laura Bell Bundy, unfortunately. 
can't believe that. Well, we are pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. If if I'm being 100% honest, um, I've had a crush on Laura Bell Bundy since, you know, she was in Legally Blonde. And so in about 24 hours, I'm going to awkwardly fangirl when I meet her at the airport. So (laughs) you need to pick her up. Yeah, Dan and I will probably pick her up. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So she's, she's, we're really excited to have her. So yes, very excited for that. But I have a personal question for you. So, okay. I mean, it's not super personal, but I would like to know what, what you've changed in your own life or what, what being the artistic director of an organization like this has changed in your life. Like what has it done for you personally? Well, again, I believe in honesty. It is definitely more stressful. I don't know why, because being the assistant for so long, just kind of, you kind of get a feel for it. But when the whole mantle is, is on your shoulder, it, it is more stressful and, and it has changed my life, but every single moment of stress and, you know, sadness and sorrow that comes with running an organization, every single moment of, of that capacity for the negative, if you will, the capacity for the positive is so much greater being able to see, you know, the person who's never done a show light up for the first time when someone claps for them, or at the end of strike being so, so heartbroken that the experience is over and getting to go up to them and say, this experience can continue because you can audition again and you've learned the skills and you've you've gained the confidence to be able to make this happen for you over and over again. And I don't know if I like, whatever people believe. I don't know if the universe put me in this spot right now because I needed to know that like I can do it or or if I just needed that reaffirmation that, you know, theater heals and art art heals people and and good theater challenges your worldview so that you can heal some of the things in your life that you didn't know needed healing. And it's been really, really good to see kind of that change in me and to see the truly positive out, outlook it's, it's let me have, which is just wonderful. I'll carry it with me forever, even when I'm no longer artistic director. That's great. Um, so I've, as you've been talking, I'm not, I, I've been listening. I really have. Oh my <laughs> right. uh, I've been looking on the internet um, for while you were talking, but I was looking for your 2022 season. And I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. Can I put stuff in the chat? Yes, I think so. Mm. Or you can tell us and we'll put it in the chat. Or you can drop it in or I think so. Yeah, I think this is this is where the world finds out that I don't know how to use technology. <laughs> I think I have it on my phone. I'll Facebook Messenger it to you. Yes, and I'll drop it in, yes. Because you know how to do it. But the so just like I mean, I think, I think the season, oh my gosh, where is it? I know it's somewhere. I'm really sorry. You're fine. I'd ask you one last question while you're doing that, but I hate it when people do that to me. So I'm going to pause for a second. You can ask a question. You're good. Okay. What, what, and, and I, this, this is a rough question and I apologize, but what show are you most excited about for your 2022 season? That is a rough question. It's like children. You can't pick your favorite child, but I can because I don't have children. Chorus Line is the one that I'm most excited for. But 
to be fair for all the people that are watching that are going to say that you know i'm picking favorites that is the show that i'm directing that's why it's and i i love i don't know anyone who doesn't love chorus line so we'll see exactly what happens i well, just tell us what it is. Let's go with that. Ooh, tell us what's, um, your season, what's coming up. You have one. Ah, there's one right here. So, oh, that's not helpful. Oh, oh, I will find the picture so that you can. There it is. Yeah, that looks good. Don't move. Don't move. Do not move a well, I've got to get the whole thing because there's 14 of them. I, this is what I, when your season came out, I was like, ooh, child, good luck. And then I remember we do 24 and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Cause we have our new play festival. But what I think is so interesting about your season. Can I move now? Looking at this is you have some shows that are like sort of happening later in the evening. Yeah. Can I move now? Yes, you can move. Okay. <laughs> so um, we have, we instituted this new all night program, which has been something that I have been trying to push through for like, I don't even know, five, six years now. And um, I'm so excited about it. I don't know how it's going to work. It works on paper, which means that it's not going to work in practice because that's how it goes. But paired with some of our shows, we have Rock of Ages, which will play our 7 to like 10, 7 to 9.30. And then we'll come in and we'll flip the set as much as we can. But the shows are designed to work together on the same set. We'll do... Wedding Singer is kind of like a double feature, like the movie, the drive-in movies used to do. So that's kind of where that's coming from. Um, we've already decided that in 2023, we're only doing one of those because 14 shows is going to kill me. If it doesn't, I'll be, I'll be a miracle. <laughs> and then we're doing really cool things. So like Legally Blonde, we're pairing with Heather's The Musical. And that's the one that people have been kind of like, oh, you're doing Heather's. Oh, no, this is, you're becoming a brothel. You're going against everything. No, we're not going against everything. Heather's was selected specifically so that high school students who are an underserved population in the community theater industry get to know that, like, if I have hard feelings, it's okay to talk about them. Oh, I may be having hard feelings myself. I'm going to do this show that I love and learn that I can talk about my feelings. And a portion of the proceeds of those tickets will go to probably like the Utah crisis line or like the Trevor project or something so that people really understand we're not putting shows on like that for shock value or to just do the really hard hitting shows. We want to give back. So it's important that those kids understand that they have stories that adult people have also felt, even though the adult people have a really hard time talking about their feelings and how to to help kids deal with those kinds of emotions. I mean, Utah has, I, I don't even know what the statistic is, but I know that Utah is one of the highest rates of teen suicide. And that's not okay. My one little Heather's the musical is not going to fix that. But if it helps one person, no amount of expenditure or overhead cost is too much because it helps someone. And that's that's the whole thing. That's where I would like to move kind of the narrative around, around me to at least anyway. I am super stoked for you and what you're doing there. And uh, I I cannot wait for the double feature. It's like my childhood dream come true. I can sit and watch two shows in one night. I'm in. So, um, well, Ty, we are out of time. You are an absolute delight. 
we uh i love chatting with you and learning more and i hope we can do it again soon uh if people want more information they can go to your website right and uh your website is empresstheater.com and then get more information there you can also follow the empress on all the social media channels and i suggest you do because they put out good stuff and i I'm personally friends with Ty, and he has really good things he says after he goes running at night. <laughs> so if you want to know good quotes or, like, really thoughtful things, become friends with Ty on social media. Because he says, like, it makes me, every night I'm like, where's Ty's, I need to know what Ty's thinking tonight. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good one, Ty. That's good. Oh, I'll have to start that back up again. I literally was like, oh, wow, that's a good conversation starter. Good topic. So, anyway. Oh. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, wish you the best of luck in your season. We can't wait to come see you. Hey, I can't wait to come see you. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Okay. Thanks, Ty. How about Ty, huh? I, that was a, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I I hadn't really thought, I mean, obviously I should have, but I hadn't thought about where what what damage that would have done to such an old building with that, with right. the earthquake being so close and Really cool to hear how the community pulled together and oh wow, I'm super bright. Yeah, you're super bright. I love the Empress. Again, I love the way they're set up. I love I love the community. And I think the Empress is literally the epitome of community theater. Like it is such a great place, and people should definitely go check them out and see their shows and, and support them because it's really amazing what they do. So yeah. All right, Dan. Well, this we've done That's another nice. week. We've did it. We've did it. We've, 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 we've we did do, it. We do it. We do that. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, we'll be back next week with a surprise guest that Dan doesn't know about yet. So I can't tell him it's a surprise. So get excited, Dan. Uh, but in the meantime, a little worried. I know you should be in the meantime, make sure you go find art to support, support live theater whether it's at the Empress or OPA or anywhere, support the arts. We need your support. The arts are important in our world and our lives. So go support the arts. Until next week, we say adieu. So awkward wave until the camera ends. Bye, everybody.